0: Welcome to the porch on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics. The only thing that matters we study the Word of God. We focus on the Book of Acts Church. We see how they serve the Lord and we follow their example. By taking a deeper look into how they serve the Lord and into what the Word says, the content and the context. We find the church that the Lord intended, not the one that man created. We have always desired to find and restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. See, the church age is not over. What happened in the upper room, I believe, is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost, but there will come a time when it will be over. But right now, the fire still falls. If you know that there's more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua with Jesus, and you want more, then you are welcome to join us on this exciting journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or email us at the porch lowercase one word, t h e p o r c h at firefall talkradio.com. If you'd like to support us, and we hope that you will, go to the updated Firefall Talk Radio homepage. Go to the bottom. There are multiple ways to do so. If you have any questions, just reach out to us for more information. We appreciate your support, encouragement, and prayers to do everything we need to do. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Make sure you subscribe to us there. And if you could hit the like, hit the like button or leave us a comment. That would be great. And we're also on YouTube. And how that works out is these audio files get posted on YouTube so you can listen there as well. If you're out and about and don't have access to your streaming platforms, then you can get on YouTube, go to the Firefall Network. And you will find it. Thank you for being a part of the porch. Thank you for being a part of what we do. If you if you need prayer or you want to pray for others, let us know. We'll connect you and make sure that you remember we care about you. Subscribe to us. Will you listen? And on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and X Musk's X, X Musk, no X Twitter, whatever. You know what it is. I hardly ever use it, but it's there. Aerial support. We need some serious aerial support, some prayer for me, for my family, for SRT, for Firefall, for the porch and the porch community. I pray for you every day. I hope you're praying for us as well. Starting off, praise reports and prayer requests. I always praise him for my salvation. Without that, I'm not here, and I don't know who you're listening to, but it's not me. But I am here, thankful to be so. Praise Him for His love, the grace, and the mercy that brought me my salvation. He gave me back my home, my wife, my family. Now I have uh, a daughter-in-laws and a grandson and all the furry kids, all because I bent my knee and made Him Lord and Savior of my life. Praise Him for His protection over us, the ministry He allows me to work for Him praise him for each and every one of you, for the dreams and the visions and and all that he's showing me of what's coming and what he plans to do about it. And I want to be a part of that. I praise him for his healing virtues. I just praise him to be able to praise him. Make that a part of your life. If you don't know what your calling is, then just praise him. You'll find it out. Maybe that's what you're called to do, to pray for others and to praise him. Praise him in everything. I praise Him for being a renewed spirit man, being born again. I praise Him for being able to see the, and read the signs of the times, the signs He's giving that He's getting ready to return. Creation is groaning for the return of the King, and so are we. So let's praise Him for the coming kingdom and the new Jerusalem, but until then, we need to pray. Pray for Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Psalm 122, verses 6 through 8. So I pray for Israel. I pray for the remaining Israeli hostages that are still there. I pray for the families to get the bodies back that Hamas refuses to return. I pray for the people of Gaza suffering under the evil rule of Hamas, the control of Hamas. I don't understand why the world doesn't care enough to step in and do something about that. So I pray that the world would care enough about the hostages, about the people of Gaza, and instead of blaming Israel and getting involved in all these other things for money, let's do something that's right and set those people free and let them run themselves, not be subjected the way they are to evil. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the martyrs, those that are victims of injustice. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing in me, and my wife, my family, and each and every one of you, Getting back to our divine design, no matter what we've done to ourselves or what's been done to us each and every day, I pray that the same spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead would quicken my mortal body so that I can be what he needs me to be. So I pray for healing in you if you're sick or you're hurting right now in heart or mind or body or spirit. I pray in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, King of kings, Lord of lords, that you be healed, be made whole. Pray for divine protection, that Psalm 91 covering, to be in effect, for inspiration, the inspiration, the fire of the Holy Spirit to rise up inside of us, for the remnant to wake up and to do something about the calling, answer the call to action. If you've been blessed, then be a blessing. Then if you've been blessed by someone who's been a blessing, you be a blessing. And let's get this flow going. Our combined prayers put demonic armies to flight, so let's pray. Holy Spirit-powered prayers for one another, for his kingdom. Let's be proactive and not reactive against the enemy. Let's get unified and aggressive in our efforts against the schemes of the fallen, doing it with confidence and purpose and power. Pray for that Psalm 91 protection I mentioned over us and everything we do and have in this very dangerous supernatural supernaturally active demonic time. But in those times that of incredible darkness we shine brighter. Pray for edification, encouragement, inspiration. Let's rise up for the kingdom of God, operate efficiently in the calling, exposing the enemy, seeking the lost, helping the dying setting free those in bondage and proclaiming the day of the Lord. Jubilee is coming, permanent jubilee. Father, who we thank you, we praise you and worship you. We give you honor and glory and praise. You are Abba, you are Papa, you are Daddy, and we're yours, we're your children. We thank you for Yeshua, for sending him to do what we would never have been able to do. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood that you said shed to wash our debts clean so that when the book is opened, there are no sins or debts to be seen. It's all covered in the blood. Thank you for the empty tomb, the upper room, the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of your rock, HaKadosh, walking with us, teaching us, guiding us. So thank you, Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever it is you want to do tonight. Protect us. Protect this technology. Let your word go forth. I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. And if you agree, just say, Amen. are proprietary information, except where noted. The information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the manner presented, is exclusive; cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. All right. So before we begin, tonight's Bible study is inspired by an email from Allison in Scotland. Don't mean to put you on the spot, Allison. She sent me. An email about the Bible study, about the scriptures, how they spoke to her. She even showed me the scripture page that I send that had highlights and notes all over it. And I was blessed by that because that's exactly the initiative I was looking for by doing it the way I'm doing it. So what I did is I adapted the new page so that there is a line which says notes and then everything on the bottom. So if you are getting these list of scriptures, that's what you should be doing. You should be listening, then going back and highlighting and reading those scriptures, highlighting them in your Bible. Let's get serious about this. The enemy's serious, folks. And the scripture that inspired her is what has inspired tonight's Bible study. 1 Peter two nine, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness, that's how you've been called. But now you are in his marvelous light. When it says, but you, it's a contrast between those who believe and those who don't, between those who obey and those who do not. And actually, it's built upon verses 6 and 7. Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. But you are a chosen generation. He has declared that those of us who believe are special, and because of that he desires relationship with us. The Nelson Study Bible says a chosen generation, God, has not left to chance. Those who will be part of a unique body of people, a group that will serve him, and he has reserved that decision for himself. Special, chosen, appointed to royalty, and a unified people as his children. Well, that was his intention. Now, where? Where does that happen? It happens in his light, in the kingdom of God. And the enemy has done everything he can to keep that from happening. He tries to pull us back into the kingdom of the world and maybe back into his kingdom. But we are not of the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're of the kingdom of God, and we walk in the light. And he's called us to walk with him in a way that the world cannot comprehend it. It doesn't understand it. It wants to ridicule it. It wants to tell you to stop. Just say no. Well, just say no in a place the world doesn't want you to be, doesn't want you in the kingdom. And the reason they don't want that is because their eyes aren't opened. The world walks, walks in darkness by choice. Their darkness is ignorance, it's rebellion, and it's their spiritual condition. It's their dwelling place now, and if they don't repent, it'll be their dwelling place forever in judgment. 1 John 1, verses 5 through 7, we did this one last week, it plays again. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. That God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, his son, cleanses us from all sin. He has called us. You, out of darkness and into his marvelous light, stop wandering back into the shadows. Stop even looking back. God is light. The Lord exists in, lives in, and is the light. So to live out our walk with him, we must be in the light as well. And why would anyone want to live anywhere else? So walking in the light of his presence in our life, that's the ultimate goal, or at least it should be. How do we do that? Well, it starts with the word, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Remember when they had lamps back then, it was a and at time, it was a small lamp, and usually there was a handle. They could either hold it out in front of them, above them, or they might even hold it down at their feet so they could see where they were walking. His word is a lamp unto our feet to guide us and illuminate the path ahead of us. To keep us from tripping, to, to let us see something that might be in the way, maybe a predator, maybe something that's going to bite you or sting you. Darkness is defeated by obeying God's word. To walk safely in the woods at night, we need a light, right? So we don't trip over roots or fall into holes or we'll step in animal piles, which symbolic of life now in this life we walk through a dark forest of evil a world of evil but the word the bible is our light to show us the way ahead so that we won't stumble when we walk it reveals the roots of false values and false teachings and false philosophy study the bible read the bible get it into you so that you'll be able to see your way clear enough to stay on the right path. What does the Word show us about the road ahead of us? Well, it's not good. As I've said in my messages to end 2023 and start 2024, it's not good from a worldly perspective, even from a supernatural perspective. But from our perspective, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, his own special people. So if we walk with him... We're okay. We're good. We're better than okay. You know, since my awakening, I got born again in 1988, but then I went through a period of a transition, but I had an awakening in my Enoch time of January 2007 to about March, almost April 2007, where I spent more time with the Lord in the Spirit than I spent here in the natural Well, since that time, he keeps taking me back to a section of Scripture. I quote it in the book. I quote it when I preach and teach. We talked about it before, and we talk about it tonight. We're going to break it down. Again, we're talking about out of darkness. Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord, the glory of Adonai, is risen upon you. His light is upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. A deep darkness, twice as bad as anything that's ever been seen before. But his glory will be seen upon you. Why? In darkness things shine more, light shows up more. Arise in the Hebrew, it's a primitive root word, to rise, both figuratively and literally, to, to accomplish, to abide, to be clearer, to confirm, to decree. Arise. Now, we know it's addressed to Zion because in verse 14, it talks about the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel, which, of course, is Yerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. But since we are grafted into the vine, it pertains to us as well. We shine as both it shines and we shine as both the recipient of God's light and the reflector of it. In Isaiah's prophecy, light often, he often emphasizes the contrast between light and darkness, and he does that to symbolize the contrast between eternal life and death, between salvation and judgment. It's not that difficult to understand what the Word's trying to say. That word shine in the Hebrew means to be, to make luminous, both literally and metaphorically, like the break of day, first light, to be glorious, to kindle, to set on fire, to shine, shine, shine. You know, and during the Exodus from Egypt, darkness was on the wicked, while God's light was on His people. Pharaoh was a representation of Hasatan, of Satan, the Antichrist, the fallen, the fallen world system, and the lost, and we've had many men like Pharaoh be that representation but finally someday soon we're going to get the perfected model at least in Satan's mind no more prototypes and pharaoh and like every other evil leader a person or people a nation they were told what would happen if they didn't listen to almighty god and they still disobeyed has anything changed no Not in the world, and I got to tell you, not Israel and not in the church. We don't listen. We are disobedient children at times. When dad says, hey, don't do that. If you do, I have to punish you because I love you. But during this confrontation between Moses and Pharaoh, the Lord showed them that darkness was also in his power. Exodus 10, starting verse 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all of the land of Egypt three days They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all of Israel, all of the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Is that cool or what? A darkness so dark they couldn't see their hand in front of the face. They couldn't get out to feed the animals. They couldn't see or do anything. But if they looked over into the houses of the Israelites... There was light in the dwellings. What he was saying is, I'm with them. I'm not with you. And he's been saying that to the world about his people, about his children. But in this case, he's saying, come, come out of the light, come out of the darkness. But always remember, no matter how dark it gets, while the world lies in darkness, He shines for his people. It is risen upon us. It irradiates. It shoots forth beams, rises up as the sun, and it appears upon us. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Are you seeing it? Are you getting it? This is where we are right now. A social, sinful depravity across every level of society. The mocking of God and the values of God. The demeaning of his children. The attacking and the killing of his children. Of babies in the womb hacking them up into little pieces, selling body parts all the way up to full term. Oh, a darkness, misery, destruction, death, ignorance, sorrow, and wickedness. A deep darkness which envelops the world without the gospel. Darkness and the region of the shadow of death are emblems of error, ignorance, sin, guilt, misery, and danger. So rise and shine means to become literally a beacon of light in a world deliberately enveloped in darkness. Remember, Yeshua said that their condemnation was the light had come and they loved darkness more than they loved light. It's not that hard to figure out. Darkness is a warning of his impending judgment. You know, people don't want to hear about that. I had somebody tell me the other day, well, you know, I'm having a hard time with this Jesus, Yeshua being the Savior and the only way to God. I don't think God is that narrow-minded that, that, that he would do that. And I went, oh, he's not narrow-minded at all. He's God. He's God and he's holy, and he's made a very specific way to have access to him. He has the right to do that. We can't understand an infinite God with a finite mind. I can tell you how many people have said, "Oh, I don't think a loving God wouldn't send people to hell. He doesn't. He tells you, this is the way to life. Oh, you went that way. That's your choice. Can't stop you, but that's that's not the way to life. I mean, this this it, it's amazing to me. People watch a game show where they pick a door. Well, I want that door. Oh, there's nothing behind that door. You lost your chance. Bye. Oh, no, no. Shouldn't you give me the, what's behind the other door where there's something? No, that's not the door you chose. That's not how it works. Well, if it doesn't work in a game show, how does it work in life? Come on. Are we that foolish a people? Well, the answer is yes. That was a rhetorical question. We are. God is a holy God. And he has declared one way to him. And that door is Yeshua. It's Jesus. No other way to the Father but through him. So the darkness we're seeing in the world, in every part of our life, everything around us, which should disturb you. If it doesn't, well, we, we have to have a talk. It's it's a warning of two things. One is impending judgment. I'm going to tell you at the end what the other warning's about, what this Bible study's really ultimately all about, because I struggle today. Normally I crank things out like a 3-D printer. He says it... There it is, not today. Today was a struggle, taking the scriptures he was giving me and building it and putting it together and going, I'm, I'm Lord, I hope I'm getting this right because I'm not seeing it. And then at the end, it all came together. Jeremiah 13, starting with verse 15, a warning. Hear and give ear. Do not be proud, for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he causes darkness and before your feet stumble on the dark mountains. While you are looking for light, he turns it into the shadow of death and makes it dense darkness. But if you will not hear it, Jeremiah the prophet says, My soul will weep in secret for your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. If Jeremiah were here today, he'd be saying that about the church. My soul weeps in secret for your pride. My eyes weep bitterly and run down with tears because the Lord's flock have been taken captive. They've been taken captive by the world. They've been tacked. Taken captive by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all the things in the world. Taken captive by darkness. And, and we know, I'm, I'm not taking this out of context. We know that this prophecy is for Israel at the end of the age. But in context, it speaks to us to the grafted into the vine church beforehand. God will come to be with his people. That's what Jeremiah is saying. That's what the prophet Isaiah was saying. That's what all the prophets were saying. God will come to be with his people, and he will transform their destiny from darkness as black as night, caused by sin and judgment. But he did it. He did it once with Yeshua, and they rejected it. He's going to give them a second chance this time when the king returns. The lamb came once. Now the lion is coming back, and their choice is going to cost them a lot more this time. Oh, pervasive sin brings darkness upon people. If you've never been in a place where the presence of the Lord is, where the calling of the Lord is, where the glory of the Lord shows up, where signs and wonders and all the things His presence brings, and you've never seen what sin does, it's heartbreaking. I've seen it in a church and I've seen it in a nation. He can't put up with it. He won't put up. He's a holy God. He's light. There's no darkness in him at all. And his word warns us, tells us over and over and over, and yet we ignore it. We say it's not there. Oh, I can't believe he would do that. He said it. I believe it. Romans 1, starting verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile, in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God, into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. Jumping down romans one twenty eight and even though they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are also whisperers and backbiters haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do they do the same, but they also approve of those who practice them. This is a word to the church in Rome it is a word to the church in 2024 knowing that these things are unrighteous sinful and rejected by him not only do you do them you approve of the practice of them sin increases darkness darkness is the result of that sin? Why is there no power in the churches of America? Sin. Rejection of God. Rejection of his word. Pride and arrogance. Parading around on stage. Lights, smokes, mirrors, action. Come on. Sin brings a response from God. Disobedient children bring a response from a loving father and it's it's not an emotional anger don't, don't misunderstand it's not an emotional anger except that it it is a sad resigned necessary anger from a holy god who has to do it otherwise he's a liar which is why in his love he warns us repeatedly not to do that. Don't go back to that lifestyle. Don't make those choices. Turn away from that. Set your mind on other things. Colossians 3, starting verse 1, If you then, having been raised with Messiah to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Messiah is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds and keep them on, keep them set on things what above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and you knew real life is hidden with Messiah. In God, when Messiah, who is our life, appears, then you'll be able to appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So kill, deaden, deprive of power, the evil desire lurking in your members, those animal impulses and all the that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all the greed and covetous, covetousness, for that is idolatry, the deifying of self and other created things instead of God. It's on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who obstinately oppose His divine will. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this world. I don't know why that is so hard to understand. It's not for me. I get it. I don't worship anybody. I don't care who they are or what they do or anything. If they can't hang on a cross and shed every drop of blood and rise from the dead, they're not all that. Why should I care who they are? And believe me, I've met some very famous, very powerful people, completely unimpressed. Out of darkness is a choice. Living in darkness is a choice. It's a bad choice. Proverbs 2.13, from those who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. Stay away from them. Don't follow them. Don't be a swifty. Run swiftly in the other direction. Proverbs 4.19, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Well, how can they? They can't see. It's a very serious message. I didn't know it was going to be that when it got started being honest with you. wasn't until I got to the end that the Lord showed me what he was trying to say. Because up till now, we've been talking about light, light things, living in the light, those things. But now he's going to talk about darkness. And I know I kind of already know what he wants to talk about next week. And I think that's because if I read the signs correctly... The darkness that's coming is a deep darkness. It's thick. It's bad. It's dangerous. People prone to fear are going to be fearful. People prone to faith are going to be faithful. Isaiah eight twenty two. he talks about the day of the Lord approaching the... Then they will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness, gloom of anguish, and they will be driven into darkness. Think about that one for a while because I'm going to explain to you. It didn't dawn on me how that—I know how it's going to happen, but why? Why will they be driven into darkness? Well, that would mean just logically that there's no light. Hmm, I just gave you a hint. And when that sin is so great, too great, he just allows the darkness to grow. But he calls his children out of it. That's the other thing I began to see in scriptures I've quoted and mentioned and talked about for a while. It's more than just a declaration, it's an invitation. Ephesians 5, starting verse 8 For you, were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is the, what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. How do we expose them? With light. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he capital H, says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Messiah will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Make the most of the time you have. To walk righteously as a witness and a testimony. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna got enough worries up for itself. Live today in the light. Be a reflection of Him to others that are walking in darkness. They're not looking for you to be a Bible thumper to preach and teach and give them all the you know that you can just send them to me. Send them a, a link and I'll do that. But you, shine the light. See, we're speaking of life, L-I-F-E, and the light, L-I-G-H-T, which is the opposite of life and death. See, life and light, light brings life. Lack of light brings death. Darkness brings death. So, if darkness Means death. He who works in the darkness, he who lives in the dark, he or she that lives and works and exists in the darkness is what? They're dying. See, I didn't know that. I was in darkness. Boy, was I in darkness. There was very little light left in me. You know, people used to think I was a good person, a strong, upright person, a righteous person at times, and I was. But I wasn't what they thought. I wasn't what they saw. They didn't know I was demon-possessed. They didn't know I slept in a bed full of crystals. They didn't know the things I did or what I was doing. I mean, even I didn't really completely know, but that's not the point. My point was I was darkness. I was enveloped in darkness. I was a purveyor of darkness for every person that I encouraged to use the crystals and get involved in the New Age and all those things that came with it. Someone who has once been in darkness but has become, like Paul, capable of being light in the Lord, We're we're, we're a little focused on that light. Come out of the darkness. Get your loved ones out of darkness. You do it with love. You do it by shining the light. Because there will be divine correction before his return oh, we the church, we, oh, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Do we, do we really understand what you're praying? Do you really understand? What you're saying is, first of all, you're saying you're ready. Your family's ready. Your loved ones are ready. Come. It's a little more serious than that. That's why our calling is to remain pure, undefiled and shining, glistening, polished. Philippians two verse fifteen and sixteen. Though you may become a blameless, you may become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast the word of light so that I, Paul says, may rejoice in the day of Messiah that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. And I suddenly, at this point in my life and my ministry, after all these years, get what Paul's saying. I, I'm want to say something now and I want you to understand what the spirit in which I'm saying it, hear the words, so I'll speak slowly. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that. I had to bring a little humor into the seriousness of the moment. I don't have to be here every Wednesday night. I, I don't have to do this, except for the fact that the calling, and I'm compelled by him to do it, but I don't have to. And... If at any moment he said to me, it's done, shut it down, turn it all off, take everything down, I would, without hesitation. I, I defied him once before when he said that, and, I, and, and it was horrible, and I won't do that. But my point being is I'm here for you. I'm here to get you ready for what's coming. I'm here to raise up a remnant to be prepared for the battle between darkness and light, light and darkness, that's coming. And when Paul says, so that he may rejoice in the day of Messiah, that he's not run in vain or labored in vain, I get that. I don't want to see you suffer. And I watch some of you that I know on social media and I know in life, and you you have a desire, but you don't have the discipline. You have the desire, but the fire isn't hot enough. You're too distracted by all these other meaningless things that have no eternal value. And the enemy is taking you away from the things that matter. You're chasing a fool's gold instead of heavenly gold. Set your mind on things above that you, his children, believers in Yeshua Hamashiach Jesus, the Messiah, may show yourself to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated children of God without blemish faultless, unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom you are seen as bright lights, stars or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world. Hold on to it and uh, holding out to it and offering to all men the word of life to everyone, so that in that in the day of Messiah, in the day of the Lord, I, just like Paul, may have something of which exultantly to rejoice and glory in, that I did not run my race in vain, or spend my labor to no purpose. because the one thing that will break my heart and has a time or two already is to see those that you've invested in and prayed in and cared about and fed fall away. Worse, fall completely. Light, His light represents what is good, pure, true, holy, and reliable. The darkness of this world, the darkness of the enemy, represents sin and evil. First John 1 John 1.5, this is the message that we've heard from him and declared to you. This is the message that I have heard from him and declare to you. The God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. There's no shadows. See, if you go into the shadows, it means you're not completely into the darkness, but you're also not completely into the light. But he's not in the shadows. He's in the light. So when I say God is light, I mean that, that God... Your Abba Father, the creator of the universe, is perfectly holy and true, and that he alone can guide us out of the darkness of sin. Light is related to the truth in that it exposes whatever exists, whether good or bad. In the dark, interestingly enough, good and evil look alike. I, you know, maybe you didn't go to bars in college and do that kind of thing, but I can tell you in the darkness of a bar and the smoke and the sounds and the music that there were people that looked incredibly attractive that didn't look so much when the lights came on, but that's, that's evil. That's sin. Sin looks the same in the darkness, good and evil look alike, but it's in the light that things are clearly seen, clearly distinguished. And just as darkness cannot exist in the presence of light, sin cannot exist in the presence of a holy God. So once we are called out of darkness to have a relationship with our Abba Father, we must put aside all our previous sinful ways of living. Because the claim that we belong to Him but live for ourselves or worse, live for the world, is hypocrisy. And Messiah will expose and judge such hypocritical deceit just by his very presence. Psalm 107, verse 10, To those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they have rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. It's a psalm about Israel coming out of Egypt, but folks, it's a psalm of us coming out of Egypt. In Luke chapter 1, we see John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, filled with the Holy Spirit, begin to spontaneously prophesy. And in verses 78 and 79 of that prophecy about his son, He says, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide us to the path of peace, the day spring, the day, the dawn, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, church, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace which can only happen with the return of the Prince of Peace. The Nelson Study Bible says to guide our feet as the dayspring or the rising sun, the Messiah will provide the light of truth and forgiveness to those who are blinded by the darkness of their sins. And that peace describes a harmonious relationship with God. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, church. And the Messiah of the Old Testament is about to be identified and seen clearly as a light shining in the darkness after a deep darkness has covered this earth. Isaiah 9-2, Those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death upon them, light has dawned. Isaiah 42-6-7, and 7, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prisons, to those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Isaiah 49, 6. Indeed, he says, "'Is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob, to restore the preserved ones of Israel? I'll also give you as a light, you, capital Y, Yeshua, as a light to the Gentiles, that you should bring my salvation to the end of the earth. We are his representatives. We are the light of the world.'" So now the reason for tonight's Bible study, which after many hours of working and piecing this together and looking up scriptures that he would show me and the context and the content, and I'm wondering, Lord, what am I doing here? This doesn't make any sense. This is really going to be disjointed It suddenly all came together. This Bible study is a warning from the Lord his church. It's a warning to the world, and this is the warning. Once the church age is over, and once he removes his lamps, us, the light will be removed and taken up to him, plunging the world back into a darkness That it desires so much. And when he explained that to me, it hit me hard. Because I have people that I care about. People that don't think they're evil, they think they're good people. They try to do right. They don't understand what it's going to be like when the church leaves. And whenever that is, we're not going to get into any of the eschatology or the various uh, you know, things people think. I'm telling you, he's going to do what he says. And to get Jacob, the time of Jacob's trouble, we cannot be here. To get Jacob's attention, to get the world's attention, he has to take the light, his light, out of the world. So what do we do? Until then, what do we do? We arise from spiritual depression to a new life. We shine. We become radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord. For in our lives, His light has come. And the glory and the brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. It has risen upon me. For in fact... Darkness is covering the earth, and a deep darkness covers the peoples. But the Lord has arisen upon you, church. His glory and brilliance is seen upon you, church. So shine. Father, in the name of Yeshua, Abba, Abba. It grieves my heart to see what's coming, to see what's happening. That the world doesn't know. Your church should know better. Your children should know better. But they rebel. They wander away. Please, in your, ma- in your mercy, in your grace, send an angel, send a word, send someone, send me, I'll go. To go into the darkness to rescue the lambs and the sheep that have wandered off and gone too far and can't find their way back, and they're surrounded by wolves and predators and and all the things of the of the demonic realm. O oh, Lord, have mercy on us, but Holy Spirit, help us shine. Glow, glow, glow inside of us, irradiate us, burn us clean of all the sin and the degradation of all the mistakes, of all the things of this world that comes upon us like a, like a germ that you can't see, but it makes you sick. No, no more. No more spiritual sickness. No more. No more darkness. Shine. Help us shine. Help us to be luminous. Help us to, to be radiant in the presence of the Lord, to show them the way out, to guide them out, to show them the way home, to show them to you. Help us call them out of darkness into your marvelous light. I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, may Adonai, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, may Aronai Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.